Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC Least Show. The show about everything that's bad and ugly in the NFC East. I am Sean Raftery, joined as always by Sean Williams. Williams, how you doing, man? It's election week. I'm doing all right. It's been a long and undetermined week, but I'm hanging in there, man. <laughs> I think that's a really that's a really good way to put it. The only thing I have hard takes on is the NFC East right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, we had a, we had a big week this week, a divisional game, two prime timers. Let's just jump right into it. We'll start with, uh, Eagles boys, um, Eagles winning the worst football game I've ever watched. (laughs) It was like a high school football game, except nobody even like scored points. Yeah, it was, it was insane. Like I've never felt worse after a divisional win let alone a divisional win against the Cowboys. It legitimately felt like a lot. Like I was processing emotionally a loss <laughs> the next day. I was just numb the entire time. Uh, there's so much to talk about in this game. Uh, we Let's start with the Cowboys and Ben. I did it all for Danucci. How long have you been sitting on that? <laughs> <laughs> I've been sitting on it for like two weeks. Oh my um, god. He was he was really bad. And like it wasn't even like it was it was it wasn't even NFC East bad. Like it wasn't like, oh, like sloppy. This he was legitimately a bad football player. And I'm surprised the Cowboys thought it was okay to run him out for a game like that. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think he was bad in boring ways. Like he wasn't like he he was train wreck bad, but not in like spectacular, explosive fashion. He mostly just couldn't get a first down at all. Yeah, um, incapable of it. And the Cowboys tried to run every gimmick play in the book to make it happen, and still couldn't cut it against, frankly, a shaky Eagles defense. Yeah, I, you know, I I think the defense did its job this week yeah. i don't know like this might be their ceiling i don't know if they have another <laughs> gear <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but the, the, the one thing gear. the one thing that i would say the eagles defense did is like yes they gave up nine points to a ben Denucci offense but you know the those points came off of incredibly short fields caused by two carson wentz fumbles and a turnover on downs on fourth down where Carson Wentz failed to uh, observe that uh, Leighton Vander Esch was clearly going to knife through the middle <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just blew up the play. Um, so I, is there really anything more to talk about the cow? Like the Cowboys are just off. I know I, I we wanted to talk a bit about Ben DiNucci, but 
they've already audibled away from that. And I think Cooper Rush is going to play next week. So I don't know whether it even makes sense to dance on Danucci's grave like that. No, no. Uh, <laughs> we, we, like, we like Ben Danucci. We're a pro Ben Danucci podcast. Yeah, I, you know, time. like, hey, man, I texted you. Um, you've got a buddy who went to JMU and it's just, yeah. you know, you want to see him do well for that university. It's just, yeah, I'm a bit weird from CAA universities. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm pro mid major quarterback making it in the NFL. It's just, he's not the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't it. And I, and I think, you know, there isn't that much else to talk about with the Cowboys because they're so clearly hamstrung by this situation. In addition to the other problems they've had, I think the question at this point is, can they find some semblance of an identity that they can roll into next season with McCarthy as the coach? Yeah. It's, I, I do think they're legitimately, you know, if we are running an NFC East cross off list at this point, I think you have to cross them off um, just by what we've seen from the other three teams. So it's far, bold. considering how bad the other three teams are, it's a bold move. But I, I, I know if, if there was a team that you had to cross off at this yeah. point, I have to agree. Yeah, I mean, I there without a redeeming quarterback like who can efficiently distribute the ball to the three receivers. They're like the defense will make every game they're in a boat race unless you're the Eagles offense, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And I just don't see how a Dalton Cooper rush, Ben DiNucci quarterback situation can steer that ship in a boat race, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's, it was rough, but I mean, let's, let's just switch to the Eagles now because like I said, this to me, it felt like, a loss, even though it was a 14 point divisional win, um, largely because four tono- four, four turnovers all trace back to Carson Wentz directly. Um, it was a one score game until the defense, you know, picked up a, a game icing scoop and score, which even that probably should have gotten called back. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if, if you're pro the Eagles, like being the consensus favorite in this division right now, and maybe, you know, making some noise, this is a game where they have to have to blow this Cowboys team out. And they just didn't, you know, and, you know, I know there's a lot of talk in amongst, you know, Philly fans right now, when the team isn't meeting their expectations, they let the team know, you know, there's even some fans, even though the Eagles are in first, they want, they still are want to like tank and try to like find a, 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 a way out from oh, yeah. Carson Wentz or see whether Jalen Hurts says anything. Um, I think we, I think we should take some time and talk a bit about what we've seen from Wentz so far this year and w- what it may mean for the last half of the year. Cause Eagles are going into a bye week in theory, this is the two-week stretch where they could iron stuff out. But I know for me, speaking from an Eagles fan perspective, I just don't have hope that that's going to happen. Yeah, I think they need to figure out who they are fast. And it's tough to do when your team is established of veterans who have been around each other and who have won a lot together. And then it seems like one of the big missing pieces is your supposedly franchise quarterback. Mm -hmm. So they need to figure out 
what's going on with Wentz because he's looked he's he's, he's looked been doing his best Daniel Jones impression all year long. <laughs> It's he, not that I, he hasn't had good moments, but his good moments are couched completely within horrific decision making. Just, just yeah. boneheaded pre- plays that a, a veteran quarterback can't be making. Yeah, I, I guess here, here's what I see from Wentz, and I'll get this disclaimer out, and I'm sure a good section of Eagles Nation will completely disavow me by saying this, but I've been a Wentz guy. Since 2016, I was completely in favor of the Eagles running with Wentz and trying to reintegrate him back into the offense coming out after that ACL, over-retaining Foles, and trying to eke out one to two more Super Bowl runs. I thought that his ceiling was high. He was still young, clearly had room to grow. Um, but you run with the young the young bull with the ceiling, with the high ceiling. Um, and see where he can get you over the aging veteran who may only can give you one to two more years. So that's that's been my operating thesis with Wentz since 2018, right? The problem is, is since that year, um, he's been injured, but also it feels like the entire Philadelphia Eagles roster has been injured, yeah. right? Um, and I really get a sense there's a lack of the kind of continuity that you'd ideally want to give a developing quarterback. And I think that you're seeing the fruit of that lack of developmental continuity this year, because you'd want a fifth year guy to not necessarily need a, you know, a blue chip uh, wide receiver and a ton of weapons to elevate him. You know, we should at least be managing games and not turning the ball over at this point, right? But it really feels like the fact that he is running out there with Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, um, John Hightower, um, and even Jalen Rager, while talented first-rounder as a rookie, he's just not on the same page as these guys, um, like down after down. And that contributes to interceptions. And in addition... The offensive line uh, issues, the pressure he's getting up the middle, how skittish he looks. Like, he's not getting the time or, you know, the ability to really be patient back there. And the lack of rapport he has with the guys around him just means that that gets compounded into bad decision-making, poor throws, and just overall just bad quarterbacking play. So what do you think, what should the Eagles do going forward? How do they treat? Wentz and how do they view the rest of this year in terms of tanking or uh, really making a run for it? So I texted you this uh, midway through the third quarter, right before Wentz put together a drive and got the Eagles pulled ahead with one. I think that the coaching staff can't be afraid to bench him for Jalen Hurts. Um, Not for the entire season. I, obviously, you don't bench a guy and tell him, hey, we're only going to give this guy two quarters. It's your job next week, you know? Um, yeah. But I think I think people need to know, the team needs to know what just like a bare-bones, vanilla version of this offense is and that it can be effective. And I don't think that like, it's kind of like monkey see, monkey do, right? Like, I don't think you run Carson Wentz out the, there, tell him to... Uh, protect the ball and that he'll just follow that order. Right. But if he sees 
Jalen Hurts doing the bare minimum and still managing to put together a drive or two in garbage time in a game you've lost, basically, right? That's good things to have on tape, both for Jalen Hurts and Carson to try and hopefully learn from. My fear is that it, it'll be like, uh, you know, Sisyphus rolling the rock up the hill. It'll just keep falling back down if you just trod Carson out there when things start to get rough, you know? And I I feel like that's the way out. Conversely, I think what could be helpful there is that uh, if Jalen Hurts really looks terrible, like just looks way in over his head, then I think you can maybe deduce, well, the surrounding cast, the supporting cast is not even close to as good as we thought it was. Even even with all the yeah. injuries, it's, it's not an NFL roster. And that's why maybe Wentz feels obligated to make all these insane throws and scramble attempts and whatnot is just a desperate attempt to get some juice out of this team. Yep, um, exactly. And that's, that's if Hurts obviously doesn't do well. And to yeah. your point, if he does do well, then maybe it's a guiding light on play calling and, and philosophy that Wentz can take in over the yep. long term. Yep, and I, I think we have a two-week stretch here by Eagles by week. You have the time at practice to try and iron the stuff out. It's obviously not plan A. You hope the Eagles come back from this bye week divisional game against the Giants, 12 noon. Uh, we can talk about what that matchup may look like next week, but <laughs> you hope that you hope that these issues get ironed out and that we we do look like a team capable of taking care of the football and at least executing on a base level, you know, to at least see what the potential ceiling of the talent on this team is right. Um, at that game. But if, if it's more of the same execution problems across the offense, I think you have to be unafraid to make a switch just to get some juice out there and get me you to know, put something on tape, give your young guys some experience, give Carson something to chew on. Cause I think mm -hmm. the thing here, your other question is like, do you tank? Um, no, cause the division's there and you have these contracts sunk and you, you want this team is supposed to be a, like a NFC East winning team. Like, even if it's under auspicious circumstances and maybe we'd be a third or fourth place team in any other division, like, I don't think you treat that mentality any differently and you just hope for the best and continue to adjust over time. Um, there's going to be a day where you have to look long and hard at Carson Wentz and wonder whether, like, he's the guy, but you don't have to make that decision now just because fans want it, I guess. I agree. And I think another aspect here that should be considered is there is the potential that the Eagles get healthier as the season goes along. Yep. They get guys back. And historically, I feel like the Doug Peterson Eagles teams have strengthened as the year goes. So it's conceivable that you're looking at like a seven, eight and one Eagles playoff team or something that actually is like starting to catch fire and feel itself. I don't think that's like super likely but it's not impossible whereas yeah. it would be i think impossible for any other team in the division to have similar late season performance obviously i'm bullish and hopeful that that is the case but i also soberly realize that this eagle team catching fire can produce one playoff win yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's still a very real ceiling to the team that we're running out there sure <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, 
I, I can't wait to chat uh, Giants Eagles with you once the Eagles are back on the bye. That should be a good game, I especially. Wait, I we'll see. <laughs> especially considering the Giants' performance we saw oh, on yeah. Monday night. I know we both thought this was going to be a blowout um, mm-hmm. coming into this week, but we saw a Giants team really hang with a consensus favorite to win a division in the in the NFL and uh defense flying around effort plays we saw some good ideas coming from Jason Garrett and honestly surprisingly the Giants O-line was bullying yeah the Bucks D-line for significant portions of the game uh we were just talking about Carson Wentz maybe being the reason why the Eagles didn't just hang a 30 or 40 burger on the uh Dallas, but it it also kind of felt like Daniel Jones was the reason why the Giants didn't get this W. Yes, absolutely. And I think we didn't talk much about Daniel Jones last week because there are so many other issues with this team, and it's hard to you can certainly point fingers at Daniel Jones, and there's a lot of valid criticism out there, but most of the time it's endemic of a larger problem. Whereas this week, the Giants came in with almost two weeks. They basically had a bye week because they played the Eagles on Thursday the week before, like, you know, the last time they played and then did, didn't play until Monday night. Um, so they were well-rested and clearly well-prepared. And I think that's a sign of good coaching, too, that they came in there. Every Giants player played uh, basically to, to the best of their ability, as far as I could see besides Daniel Jones and that's why they lost it's you have to blame him for the loss he threw two horrific interceptions in his own territory with the lead um it just generally missed on deep balls throughout the game somehow didn't feel comfortable despite his offensive line giving him time I think it was everything as a Giants fan you do not want to see out of your quarterback from the future. And I think while it's clear that he can make big plays, his propensity for disaster may limit his potential as a starting quarterback. If he can't figure this out, it's, it's untenable. You can't play a quarterback who's going to give the ball away two times a game guaranteed. You just can't do it. Yep. Uh, I kept texting you uh, Wentz-esque several (laughs) times about Daniel Jones Uh, throughout that game uh it it felt like a a true Carson Wentz style he giveth and take it away um where there is that beautiful both touchdowns were beautiful beautiful balls hung in there by Daniel Jones uh particularly the Deion Lewis throw in a that was that was a elite level um like spot like having the confidence Like having the confidence to even like give your running back a chance with the coverage he had and then placing the ball in perfectly where only he can get it, you know, um, like there was a lot of good and I want to, I think it's worth giving Daniel Jones some credit here. You think a quarterback that can do that and have the legs and mobility that he has, uh, that should be exciting, you know? (laughs) Yes. I mean, Um, he's, he's always exciting. For better yeah. or for worse. <laughs> well, <laughs> so is Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, he's, I think, he's a spectacle. Yeah, I think uh I think the I think the uh, thing that really 
Neil knew a bit was uh, he's like if Eli Manning spent time watching Carson Wentz tape. <laughs> yeah, this, this annoys me very much. I, <laughs> I'm deeply offended by. It. Why is that? Is it is it the Eli part of it? He's really not. I don't think his quarterback style is like Eli. Besides the fact that he looks and behaves exactly like he Eli. looks and he behaves exactly like Eli Manning. But, it's but, crazy. But as, as a quarterback, he is not. And and he does have the. I'll, I'll admit, Eli made plenty of bad stupid throws throughout his career and in retrospect that's part of what makes him lovable but (laughs) i think i think their style of games besides that is totally different eli is such a play action a mobile gunslinger who could really sense pressure and make reads and knew how to get balls to his big receivers while jones is a little more uh big plays scrambly with probably better overall ball placement on a weaker arm uh I don't, it's tough when you've only watched basically one Giants quarterback your whole life. It's natural to compare him to the next Giants quarterback. (laughs) But this, I'm very mad at you for this. Uh. (laughs) I think, I I, I hear you. I think the one thing uh, you've consistently told me is the pocket presence, which I completely understand. Uh, Eli in my lifetime watching him again, this podcast only talks about the years 2000 to 2004. (laughs) (laughs) And then last year, um, that Eli Manning that I remember, yes, he made some poor decisions, some bad picks. Um, but he, he really did scale the pocket. Well, if we're just going to even like just iconic throw comp, right? Like, I don't think the, uh, the, the 2007, you know, escape from the clutches of the Patriots D line throw to Tyree. I don't think that happens with Jones because he tried to spin out, turn his back to the defense yeah. and roll out right <laughs> where there are no receivers there. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then ultimately get swallowed back by like, you know, a D end or something, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> Eli has one of the, one of the best sack percentages of all time. It's very low. Yeah. Part of that is a testament to some great giants lines in the, in the 2000s, the era that this podcast goes over, um, <laughs> <laughs> but not so much in the 2010s. Uh, so I, I think the question to get back to Daniel Jones a little bit is just, do you hope that you can iron out those stupid decisions that he makes? Or do you recognize that this is just an ingrained part of his game? He just isn't going to be able to process the field quite quickly enough and you have to move on in the draft i guess look maybe at justin fields or whoever other quarterbacks are out there i don't think the giants are bad enough to get trevor lawrence but i i do think that's the big question on the table for the giants front office yeah i i hear you um i personally if i'm the giants i'd still want to use that high draft pick on defense or offensive line that feels like where you guys still need some blue chippers and some real foundational pieces. Um, And personally I'm against aborting a first round at, you know, QB before his rookie deal is up. I think that fifth year option is really when you have to make a decision and start thinking about, you know, one way or the other. Um, I would say though, like, you know, I do want to talk a bit about the giants. We, we just crossed off, 
potentially crossed off a team that has one more win than them. And I, I yeah. think it's fair because from what I'm seeing from this Giants team, I don't expect them to win a ton of games, but they're clearly like, I think Joe Judge is coaching them up well. Um, and they are putting together good games, you know, and it, it really does feel like they'll go as far as Daniel Jones can take them. And right now it's one and six, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. They, they look like a pretty disciplined team. They're smart. They work hard. I, it's clear they've bought in and they look a lot better than they did in the early weeks of the season, which maybe you should expect from a first year head coach. Uh, so I, I have faith there. Obviously you don't want to take too many moral victories, but I mean, the giants have gone what feels like five and 250 over the last four years. So I'll take what I can get. Um, and we'll see how the second half of the year shakes up. I think we'll say a lot about the the future of this franchise. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I've always said I want the Giants to be good. <laughs> yeah. Wrong take, by the way. I, can't, I want the Eagles to be very, very bad. I want. To oh no, I want. Their... I want. I want the, the Eagles to finish above them and to beat them both games. I just, you know, it brings. It makes me happy that you're happy. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's very nice of you. I want you to tune into ninety-seven point five and just hear screaming like from like the, sixth, <laughs> the sixth or seventh circle of hell every week for the rest of your life. All right, <laughs> I want um, to just <laughs> have an aneurysm, not out of any bad faith towards my. No, I get it. You had to grow up in that environment. Yeah, exactly. being a Giants fan, and it's just you're. I'm now composite Eagles fan to you, and. <laughs> I've dehumanized you effectively. (laughs) Um, All right, let's let's look ahead. Uh, Week eight, Eagles now are on a bye. I think that's it for bye weeks in this division after this, right? Uh, Maybe the Cowboys have one. I think the Giants have a bye still. Yeah? Yeah, I'm pretty sure their bye is like week 11 or something like that. So we got a little bit of time for them. Well, uh, the Eagles are are on a bye now. Again, we'll see what... uh, what comes of that, um, whether they can maybe get some stuff together. Um, the first game, I think we're, uh, we can pretty much coast past this one, hopefully, <laughs> but, uh, Cowboys Steelers, I think, I think it's pretty obvious, game. even yeah. the Steelers being the paper tigers that they are, <laughs> um, a paper tiger groused at least once in a season and it's going <laughs> to, yes. this is, this is, this is classic paper tiger win for the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, think the real I, question in this Cowboys Steelers game is could you line me up at left defensive end for the Steelers and could they still win with that happening? <laughs> <laughs> if I if I masqueraded as uh TJ Watt <laughs> do the Steelers that will, this first game. of all that I don't think you'd be able to get away with it. You'd be too recognizable. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, "Oh, this is Sean Williams, one of the hosts of the legendary." <laughs> oh, right, right. You 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 took that the exact way I was thinking it. Not that you'd be so skinny and gangly compared to T.J. Watt, but that you're so well widely known from this podcast. <laughs> I have a good, I have a good defensive end frame for a player in 1922 or 23. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is the other time frame this podcast discuss we were watchers in the early 2000s and we're players in 1923 
I like Jason Pierre Paul Wingspan for a 1920s football player. <laughs> That's the scale. <laughs> All right. Uh, the big one, I think, and I'm actually kind of interested in this game, especially since the Eagles are on a bye week. Giants Redskins. Um, yeah. Two, two, I kind of think, uh, I think the Eagles are getting by on a, on their talent and their, and their, uh, their weak schedule right now, um, but are pretty poorly coached, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. But conversely, I think the Giants and Redskins are both playing pretty well due to their first year coaches getting probably the most out of it. They're just two teams that have a pretty low ceiling because of their talent, you know? And if the Eagles can't get their, you know, their team together, like I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. One of these two teams maybe wins the division. <laughs> as sad as it is to say, this could be a signature win for whatever team takes yeah. this week out. And I think the Eagles on a bye week, I think you're right. There's almost a sense of apprehension because somebody is going to kind of make up a game on them. Yep. Um, and that team is going to be the one. Whatever team wins this, I think is has the potential of momentum and confidence to in this division pull off the six and ten record necessary <laughs> maybe to, to take it home <laughs> um, it is so sad to say but i am wholeheartedly in agreement with you um wh where do you think the uh the dominoes fall in this one I, so the giants beat the redskins earlier this year on uh, the washington football team earlier this year on a kind of fluky play at the end of the game. And I think with a week off for Washington, I think they're going to have some tricks up their sleeve. The Giants are technically on a short week because they played on Monday. And I also think, I mean, you got to see the, the, the Washington's defensive line is outstanding. And Daniel Jones is not in, I think, the mental headspace right now, maybe because of election season, maybe he's distracted, to process what they're going to throw at him. So I think it's going to be a tight Redskins um, kind of revenge win. But I do think it will be very close. I think it's going to come down to a, a weird play at the end or something. But that's my prediction. How about you? Uh, personally, I, I think the Giants are going to win this one. And I think you're just having some Giants fan pessimism about it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> We should start uh, documenting now, like our picks. I'll, I'll probably end up like four years from now. I'll have picked the Giants to go like oh, and seventy nine <laughs> or something. <laughs> I will never um, pick the Giants. I also think I also think we should have a uh, you know like a days since counter um, about <laughs> how often we say Redskins. I'll take yeah. I'll take the blame for it this week because. Uh, I wrote down Redskins in the notes that we're both referencing. <laughs> I wish I could. I did not. I, I did not. Did you just change it to Washington? I, I just changed it to Washington. <laughs> um, I don't think I was looking at the notes when I said it, unfortunately. You could have just said you it, were. It, it could have primed. It could have primed me. Yes. Yeah. I know it primed me because I introed this segment saying it's the Redskins. Uh, we'll, we'll and I definitely there. looked we'll at the notes to know that was what's coming next. Yeah, um, sure. definitely need to have the, it's been, uh, it's been zero eps since we last said Redskins. Uh, I think you need to go more of like a minute by minute timer. <laughs> like our longest um, streak. Yeah. I mean, 
my take on this game, I, I, I think the Giants have more. Uh, you're going to disagree with me because you don't think the Giants have a lot of talent, uh, but I think they have more talent in key positions than no, I, I do. Washington I, I does. Do and it's just comparable, you know? It's just comparing yeah. the two. And I think all things equal, the Giants played a great game against a very good team on uh, on Monday. And I think that there's mistakes on tape that maybe Daniel Jones learns from and plays a somewhat clean game. Uh, the thing that would throw that into jeopardy, I think is probably the Washington defensive line against the giants offensive line and mm-hmm. whether, uh, whether that makes Daniel Jones as uncomfortable as he was at times against the bucks um, to be forced into those kind of mistakes. Other than that, you flip the other side of the ball, the giants, playing very good effort D despite their weaknesses at several positions along, you know, position groups on that team and the Redskins, Washington (laughs) don't really have a a lot, don't really have a lot on, uh, on offense to really test them, especially not as much as the the Bucks did, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's all, that's all fair. I think part of my pessimism is based on the, the short week and the the buy for the Redskins or for Washington, but we'll see. I guess the one thing that would scare me if I'm the Giants is Terry McLaurin, you know, and I just don't, I actually put that more on the quarterback position where I don't think Kyle Allen will have uh, enough time or arm strength or confidence to consistently get him the ball as open as he probably will be throughout the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, knock on wood, I feel okay about that matchup because James Bradbury has been so good for much of this year. I, I think the Giants can afford to even double-team him with Bradbury on him, and that yep. that should hopefully be enough, but time will tell. I, you know, I, I guess of- that's what I feel. I, I didn't mean to, to frame it like I think he's just going to no, you no, know, I got you. be open all, you know, 24-7. I think that the few shots that he does break free for, which I, I think will happen. I don't trust Kyle Allen to actually get him the football. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a fair, um, fair guess. and then you look around the rest of that offense and who really, who really does score those points. If you're not the Cowboys defense, you know, <laughs> 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 I don't think question. McKissick's going to run around like he did against the uh, Cowboys necessarily. Um, no. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a blowout, but I think the Giants could easily win this game something like 27-17. Yeah, sure. I'll 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 give you that one. I'll give you um, I got to stick with my original prediction. I'm going to go Redskins 23-21. They're going to kick a field goal to win it. The Giants just find a way to lose every week, so even if they look good, they'll they'll cough it up. Yep. <laughs> Spoken <laughs> like a true pessimistic. That's Honestly, <laughs> person Let's just say person. <laughs> I won't even qualify by saying a Giants fan. <laughs> no, it's, we can talk about almost anything that I like, and I'll be, be feeling bad about it. Yeah, you're uh, you're perpetually hedging. You want to yeah. make sure everything exceeds your expectations. You know, I just don't want to get my heart broken. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you're an FC East fan. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm in it to get my heart broken, I guess. It's the, the tragic nature yeah. of my person. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's take around the league. Um yeah. I'll go first this week since I uh I went second last week. Here, yep. here's my take, man. Tom Brady is gentrifying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> All right. You gotta you gotta walk me through this a little bit. <laughs> He he moved he moved to Florida first of all. <laughs> yeah, all he anticipates being there for one to two years. Um, maybe he wants to work on himself. Maybe he wants to get a tan. Right. I don't know why he wants to move there. Um, and he's bringing all of his friends with him. He's bringing <laughs> he's bringing his New England privileged ass friends with him. First it was Gronk, now it's yeah. Antonio Brown. Yeah. I he's going to suck that team dry of salary for two years on the promise that they may be a competitor for that time. And when he leaves, they'll be like uh they'll be like Williamsburg. It'll be too many uh <laughs> too too many uh empty coffee shops. Yeah, too many coffee shops, too many uh designer, you know, clothing stores. And not enough of the character that existed before he got there. Yes. Tampa Bay, notoriously character-filled city. Uh, Listen. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to Bush Gardens? It's a great place. Uh, <laughs> I actually haven't been. I, I, I'm kind of, I don't know what I'm talking about. Here, I, just know, but... I just know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that I love uh, <laughs> shoot cannonballs out of their pirate ship whenever Mike Lennon tosses a touchdown <laughs> uh, this new like tom brady's moving in and he's bringing grok along for the party we're gonna go on a party boat out in the gulf of mexico somewhere it's like a new look that i don't like um <laughs> and i know it's not gonna last that very that much long that that is that is the definition of gentrification someone who has who's, his own he has his own water right yeah, TB12 water. The TB12 water. Yeah, that that to me is the definition of gentrification. <laughs> the moment you sell fancy water, you sold your soul. That's it. So yeah, <laughs> Tom Brady is gentrifying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like it. Uh, mine is a lot more boring, but I think that's a good. You you come in with the spicy one, and I'll give you the <laughs> the normal one. Um, can we just get rid of? kickoffs and special teams if we're, if we're going to eliminate all the fun from it i understand the safety concerns but they've totally neutered the potential of the onside kick there's no big play they, there's so many flags on actual uh like successful take backs that it almost feels meaningless or like suspends your belief in the play while it's happening um I just don't think if you're going to try to walk this line between safety and still playing football, I think there are other maybe more interesting ways that you can replace it. Um, and I would like to see the NFL get creative in this rather than just have this boring teams kick it to the eight yard line. A guy takes it back to the 27 yard line. There's a flag, a legal block in the back, blah, blah, blah. Then you go to commercial. So it's just a bad way to watch watch the game. I'll just say, how dare you 
<laughs> coming here with that take. You the didn't week, know that one was coming. No, the week after the Dallas Cowboys score a safety on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To try and convert a pooch punt <laughs> onside, onside's kick. And it didn't work. <laughs> It almost worked. No, no. See, that's the thing that they get you with that. If it, how much more thrilling would it have been if the Cowboys committed a safety on purpose and then it actually worked? That's oh, the yeah. world that I want to live in is one with that potential. <laughs> we all knew it wasn't going to work. I get it. I, and in general, I agree with I agree with that take. I listen. One of my favorite plays growing up watching football was the kickoff return for a touchdown. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. it was one of the most exciting things. I understand the wedge block era, concussions, the, the everything era like that. The Dante Hall era. The, yeah. Yeah. 2000 to 2006. <laughs> <laughs> I understand all that changed the sport. I understand what they're doing, but you know, I, there's a part of me that still clings to that, that still wants to see that roll of the dice, even though it's mm. been neutered, but I also... I think it's a fair take. Thank you. I just, I, if, if it leads to more intentional safeties and pooch punts. <laughs> <laughs> really like kind of like a queen sacrifice move. I have to love it. Like <laughs> there's some galaxy brain thinking. <laughs> At least someone's thinking on that level on that yeah. sideline, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you play to win the game. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I, it, it the easiest way to win football games is to give the other team points. <laughs> <laughs> give the other team points and hope that your quarterback, who has done nothing all day, will suddenly catch fire. <laughs> oh man, what what else will this division give us next week? <laughs> what I love is that we have no way of knowing. It could be <laughs> it truly. We I we might line up for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We we don't know until it happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have the pod man um <laughs> all right let's let's wrap this up of course man it's been a pleasure yeah see ya bye <laughs>